five, six, seven, eight. Break a leg. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Break a Leg Babble. I'm Chris. And I'm Jocelyn. Happy November, everyone! This morning, I woke up to snow, which feels fitting since spooky season has officially ended, despite it always living within my soul. (laughs) So while Spirit Halloween stores turn back into Best Buys and abandoned warehouses, we're getting prepped for the holiday season. It's almost the most wonderful time of the year, but until then, we will be here to keep the November Blahs at bay. This episode is going to be a little different. It's not a show history or a special guest interview. Today, we're going to be talking about us. We realized we haven't created an episode yet where we give you little details about us. You know, our favorite musicals, films, performers, show memories, and all that jazz. We're also going to give you a little sneak peek at our upcoming episode plans for our Shows That Slay series. And that's Slay. S-L-E-I-G-H. So in this portion of the podcast, we have a few questions we're going to answer in a little segment we like to call Getting to Know You. So let's jump right into it. What has been your favorite memory at a show as an audience member? My favorite? Okay, I hate picking favorites. You know, every show is so different and it comes back to live theater being a unique living and breathing thing. (laughs) I think uh, one of my all-time favorite moments as an audience member was at the final performance of the Bad Out of Hell tour, which had been canceled before it really had a chance to begin. I had gone earlier in the run, and despite only running three weeks in Toronto, this production did have a solid little following of fans. It was almost as if we all, on some level, decided we were going to be the best possible audience. I know that I screamed my face off like I was at a rock concert, and it wasn't just because we wanted to support these performers, a show we loved, and the production itself, but this performance was unlike anything I've ever seen. These artists poured their hearts and souls into this last show and brought the house down. It was electric. And this is why I love theater people. I feel like after everything that happened, a lot of people would say, you know, screw it. I'm done. But they came on stage and they lit it the F up. There's just a lot of love in the theater that night, on the boards and in the audience. It's a moment of time that You can't really imagine if you hadn't been there. And it's probably the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and experienced. What's yours? That was really sweet. Um, (laughs) Well, one of mine was seeing Laura Osnes as Cinderella in Cinderella on Broadway. I grew up watching American Idol from the very first season, and I knew I wanted to be a singer. But I still wanted something more out of it. I wanted to perform. So when the Grease You're the One That I Want reality show came out, I watched Laura win the role of Sandy, and that's when I realized that this dream I had could come true. I could be a performer. So that being said, when I finally got to see her in the show, I started crying from the moment she walked on stage. So much so, to the point where my contact in my eye kept slipping out, I had to go fix it at intermission. Ew. (laughs) (laughs) It was really one of those magical moments witnessing as an audience member. Another would be at the final performance of the cancelled Bad Out of Hell tour. Emily Schulteis, who played Raven flawlessly, might I add, got choked up during the final song and the audience began to sing the lyrics back to her as a way of helping encourage her and support her through this difficult show. 
And I'll never forget looking down the row at my friends as we cried and sang along. It was really, really special and really something that sticks out in my mind a lot when I think of live theater. The amount I cried at that final show. Right? Let's not talk about right? it. Right? Well, then, <laughs> here's another question. What is your favorite cookie at Schmackery's? Mm, I love, love, loved, loved the cookies and scream cookie. Okay, so it was basically the cookies and cream, which is an amazing flavor no matter where you get it, but with green icing in a fun Beetlejuice theme. And it was just so cute to kind of go see that show and have a matching cookie. Mm. <laughs> However, since their menu changes daily, I'm bummed I wasn't in the city on a day they had red velvet because mm. it's my favorite flavor of literally anything. And it will become my favorite Schmackery's cookie when I get the chance to taste it. What is yours? Okay, well, I love the Schmacker doodle as in when I order a box, I always add two of those. But I also really love their staple, the maple bacon cookie. Also, anything with the marshmallow fluff they use is delicious. It could just be regular marshmallow fluff. I have no idea. That glorious stuff is super hard to find in Canada. <laughs> um, question number three. Do you have a Playbill collection and what is your favorite? I don't really have a Playbill collection because technically I don't have a lot of uh, official Playbills. I've seen two Broadway shows. <laughs> but I keep a program from every show I go to and they're kept in a scrapbook. So that I'm going to count that for this conversation. <laughs> I have to say uh, that my program from The Last Ship is signed by Sting himself because not only did he write this, he starred in it. And uh, mm. yeah, I think that's got to take like the cake as kind of the pride and joy of my little collection. <laughs> I know that Playbill collecting is more like your thing though. So what's your favorite? Ooh, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> well, on a sad note, I did sell a lot of my Playbills this past year because I needed some cash. We were going to New York City and I wanted to see a few shows. So I was like, oh, let me sell a few playbills. Unfortunately, COVID hit. So I've lost my playbills and I have some cash for from refunded tickets. So this is really sad. <laughs> I know it's so sad. I've sold like really rare ones too that I'll probably never get again in my lifetime. Anyways. <laughs> That got dark. That went so dark, right? <laughs> Oops. Um, I do have an absolute favorite. It is my full cast signed Carrie Revival playbill mm. that my friend Bradley, who was an usher at the time, got for me. And it's just really sweet. So thank Aww. you, Bradley. <laughs> um, what's your favorite food? Mine is tacos. I love pizza. Like, I love mm. it so much. And honestly, I don't even want to think about the money that I spend at Domino's. <laughs> but like, they have an app and it's so easy to order it. Yes. And <laughs> also, the way that they've handled COVID with social distancing and pizza delivery, I'm so impressed. Mm, yes. Domino's, definitely. I love you. I could literally live off of that stuff, but I don't think I'd live very long. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Domino's, sponsor us, please. Please. Or maybe because just honestly, like, I don't think 
if we had Taco Bell in Canada, and listen, I know some places do. Where are you from? The French laws don't allow taco and bell to be a thing here. I'm assuming. I could be wrong. (laughs) Don't get mad at me. I'm just assuming that. But, and honestly, pretty fair to assume that. Pretty darn fair. Well, for those of you who aren't from Canada who are tuning in, I think it's important to note that they kind of do their own thing over there compared to the rest of Canada. Yes, it's true. But we're not here to talk about that today. We won't bore you with the politics. Um, I do have another question here, though. So who is your favorite performer? I love this question. Okay. Well, I feel like I have so many. My absolute favorite is probably Katie Stevens. I think she is Mm. an insanely talented human. Her voice is out of this world and her comedic timing in Cruel Intentions the Musical is perfection. And I think it's legal to say this because back then they encouraged crowd filming at Cruel Intentions. You'll hear it in the video. But there is full-length bootlegs of Cruel Intentions with Katie Stevens from L.A. on YouTube. So search that up. You will fall in love with her. Let me tell you. (laughs) Um, Andrew Pollack is another who I think is out of this world insanely talented. There's also Adrian Warren, of course. I love her. Lindsay Pierce, Jonathan Groff, Jeremy Pope. I mean, seriously, I could go on all day. (laughs) And honestly, I would, but (laughs) we're recording this super late. (laughs) Who's yours? If you listen to the podcast, you know I hate being asked about my favorites. Um, I don't know what it is about the word favorite, but my mind goes blank every single time. So I think it's fair to tell you all that I have my answers written down. (laughs) Because if you walk up to me on the street and you say, hey, you, what's your favorite food? I I wouldn't say anything. I'd panic. Um, Anyway, that being said, I think Shalina Kennedy is one of my all-time favorites. She's one of those performers who has truly mastered her craft. Every second on stage is perfectly formed and articulated. She breathes life so naturally into the characters that she inhabits. She's almost chameleon-like. It's wild. But as an actor and as a singer, her technique is sublime and her range is super impressive. I could... I could honestly talk about the nuances of what makes her such an incredible performer all day long. But I'm going to move on from that and say that she's Canadian. So obviously we love that. Love to see it. Um, But a few of my other stagey favorites include Miss Lulu Lloyd, Laura Osnes, Kara Lindsay, and I really love Ramin Karimlu. His voice is gorgeous. And that's honestly just a fraction of the list. Like Chrissy, I could go on all day, but what's the point? Um, Moving on to another favorite question. What's your favorite musical? And again, love these favorite questions because I have so many. (laughs) Um, But this is a difficult question. My favorite musical as a whole is probably Beautiful, the Carol King musical. I think the story is brilliant. The comedic timing script-wise works flawlessly, too, which is something I didn't expect in the show when I first saw it. I also, of course, love Bad Out of Hell. 
and the Mad Ones. Which, November 6th to 9th, we are in a showcase lab of the Mad Ones. Yeah! Yeah! So we will have more information about that on the page, yeah. and uh, after it's live, we'll be sharing with you, uh, you know, what the experience was like on our site. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Um, anyways, back to another disgusting favorite question. I have a very brief top three prepared. <laughs> Bandstand is absolutely incredible. All right. It's one of my favorites. It's well written. The score is gorgeous. And it carries some very heavy themes really gracefully. It's actually one of the best representations of mental illness I've actually seen done on stage. And it marries the stylings of, you know, the classic musicals of the 50s and 40s. It marries those stylings with contemporary ideals and conversations, which... It's just such a delicate balance, and they do it so well. Not to mention, the cast literally, they have to be quadruple threats. Am I saying that right? Quadruple? Is that the word? Oh, totally. That is the word. Yeah, because they don't just have to, like, sing and dance and act, which is like, you know, it's hard to do three things at once. But on top of that, they're all playing their own instruments, which I think is damn brilliant. Like, my God. Somebody was like, yes, they're all going to play the music for this show, for the most part, live. What? Amazing. 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 And while I'm talking about Bandstand, the choreography by Andy Blankenbuehler, sublime. It's <laughs> <laughs> what I, to bring it back down a bit, it's just such a wonderful and relevant piece of theater. And I think it deserved kind of so much better when it came to recognition and a bit of a run. Um, as for other favorites that I have, I really love Waitress. And, you know, Wicked is always brilliant. Always. Totally. All right. Ooh, okay. This is a favorite question I actually like. Ooh. Do you have a favorite onstage memory? Well, so many come to mind. I've been so fortunate to have lots of wonderful memories made on stage and backstage and just surrounding a stage. <laughs> um, but here's a cute one. So I was rehearsing Roxy in Chicago on stage. It was pretty early in the afternoon before dinner break. If I recall, yeah. Uh, this particular theater is sort of a landmark here, so it gets a lot of visitors. And the mezzanine there is quite a lot higher than other theaters. It's pretty much a balcony in height comparison to the orchestra seating. So during the sound rehearsal, I wasn't really looking up. But when walking on stage, I knew at that moment that the house was empty. However, towards the end of singing the song Roxy... This insane eruption of applause caught me off guard, and I looked up to see the mezzanine filled with tourists in cute sunglasses and raincoats. They had been brought in on a tour of the theater. It was just a really, Aww. really sweet moment, and they were just so precious cheering me on. I was dying inside. I wanted to give them all a big squeeze. It's so cute. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> What's yours? I actually talked about my favorite onstage memory in our Rocky Horror episode. Um, so y'all can go check that one out if you have not already. 
Uh, for the purposes of this conversation, I'll choose a different one. Um, it was my final Christmas show in college, and I ended up injuring my knee to the point that I couldn't walk during tech week. Um, even just standing up was a struggle. But, you know, I rested, I took care of my body, and I worked my butt off to get back on stage and perform the run of our show. I think I didn't actually get on stage during tech until our final dress rehearsal. But I remember just finishing that final performance, which is a really big moment for seniors in, in our program. And just, it was just this moment of relief followed by just gratitude for my body and what it was able to do and the support system that I had. So be good to your bodies, people. Only get one. Uh, ooh, aw, okay. What do you miss most about live theater? Mm, I miss... <laughs> Um, I miss sitting beside strangers and going through a crazy range of emotions, knowing that everyone within that space is feeling the electricity of the performance. You know, none of us, well, most of us there don't even know who each other is. Like, we're all strangers at that point, but we're feeling something through the connection of theater. And that's really, really powerful when I think about it. Um... I miss the anticipation before the curtain comes up, sitting in my seat and flipping through the playbill. I miss creating live theater within the same room as other creatives and artists. I mean, right now I am doing some stuff over Zoom um, with the studio I work through, but, you know, we can't even, because Zoom is so crazy with everyone's singing and talking at the same time we have to be on mute when we sing and when we eventually do go back to studio we aren't even allowed to sing within the same area of each other so the same room we can't can't sing because we could spit so it's really like the arts got kicked in the butt during all of this it's really sad how about you well you know it's the same sort of thing for me it's the people hands down. Mm -hmm. We are so, so lucky with Zoom and other technical advantages that our art form can survive online. And it is surviving online. It's like clawing its way along. But it's there. But I genuinely miss the in-person element. I miss, you know, looking over at the stranger beside you to be like, are they getting the show? Do they like it? Um, you know, I miss hearing people talk about the show in the bathroom line. I miss that tingle that you get when the lights go down and the orchestra begins to play. And, like, I really miss applause. <laughs> and mm. that's one thing that digital theater hasn't mastered yet with, like, obviously you want your audience muted so that you can perform and stuff. But I was in the audience for Digital Cabaret last week and I went to clap and I was like, well, it's muted. They can't hear me. So I was kind of doing like um, jazz hands at the camera. Um, like, I'm applauding for you. You just can't hear me. And it also is, yeah, the missing being able to sit in a room of artists and create something together. Like, even like you said, just being able to sit beside someone and sing. You know, it's 
it's crazy that that's something mm-hmm. that we can't do right now. However, I think it is really worth saying and reiterating that we are still connecting through art. Art is still being made. Theater is out there and it's happening. It's just happening in a different way. And we've adapted. We are starting to slowly adapt. But man, oh man, there's honestly nothing like the unity that live theater can bring. And it makes me sad to talk about. So on a lighter note, what's the funniest memory you have at a show? (laughs) So glad you asked this one. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, as we already know, I'm usually a total mess at shows. But as mentioned in our previous Bat Out of Hell episode, I wasn't in a good place anxiety-wise, and as a result, I kept drinking water to keep myself calm. Water helps, I swear. It's one of my anxiety saviors. (laughs) Anyways, what happens when you drink water? You pee. And by my fourth bottle that night, I needed to pee. A lot. So, like some sort of clockwork, my bladder kept telling me it was time to go during the blackout between two out of three and the birthday scene. I swear, I was a master at this. I'd return to the inside of the theater within 30 seconds, but because you aren't allowed to return to your seat until the next scene, I was stuck waiting in the back of the orchestra, which is totally fine. The ushers and I had some mini dance parties. It was great. However, on this particular night, and when I say particular night, it's because this happened three times in a row. Not this exact story, but I had to pee a lot from anxiety. Um, that being said, on this particular night, the ushers didn't realize there's a quick blackout transition between Paradise by the Dashboard Light and Raven's bedroom scene. So I'm waiting to be allowed to go back to my seat, and I'm like, well, it should have happened by now. They usually let me go by now. This is really weird. I'm going to be here until intermission, I guess, because the next scene over is a short scene, and then it's almost intermission. So I guess halfway through, they finally realized there wasn't going to be another blackout before intermission, so they let me go to my seat right as Andrew Pollock, who played Strat, pointed out to the back of the orchestra and says see those stars raven i swear it was like on cue half the audience turned to look back as i came walking down the aisle and because the way the solo stage light is pointed i felt like i had just stepped right into it so in a moment of panic as people were like glancing at me i dropped down into my friend's lap and stayed there until there was a loud moment in the show (laughs) because at that point it's like far too quiet there's like nothing at all happening on stage everything's very silent and small talk so i was like oh my god i'm so embarrassed i'm staying here (laughs) (laughs) makes for a good memory between my friends and i though hello dakota (laughs) yeah i think it's good to clarify it wasn't my lap it wasn't Jocelyn's lap. I would have told her to keep keep moving. And I would have been like, shut up. Shut Move up. it along. <laughs> Don't be so mean to me. I might have to pee Excuse in another me, five seconds. Usher, this random woman is <laughs> sitting on my lap. I've never oh seen her before in my life. Can you remove her? Do not pee on me. All right. So I'm trying to think of like funny things I've seen happen on stage. But honestly, I'm the full on worst for that. I always like miss like little mix ups and stuff. Because I'm just 
I just, I get distracted really easily. I'm like, oh, bright lights. Great. Um, I'm going to keep with the Bad Out of Hell theme, though. Um, I did get asked out at Bad Out of Hell once, and I did say yes. Um, I think that's kind of funny because I'm still single and alone, despite how romantic that sounds. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to things that I've seen happen on stage, I'm going to say that during the first two previews of the show at New York City Center, there were a few ad-libs made by Harper Miles and Kayla Cyphers that literally had tears running down my face. I was laughing so hard. It was just, it was, it was just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant ad-libbed work. And I'm, there's no point in me even explaining it to you because if you weren't there, you just, you won't get it. But it was very funny. It was very funny. And uh, if you know, you know. All right, next question. Besides your hometown, where else have you traveled to see shows? Ooh, okay. I've traveled many places to see musicals because I'm just that obsessed with musical theater, right? <laughs> That's what you do. Um, New York City, of course. Toronto, Ottawa, Boston, London, England, which was by far my favorite place to travel to. It was bonkers. Everything is so clean there and easy to get to, in my opinion, at least. I mean, like everything, all of the buildings looked so white and clean. It was like stepping into like a Mr. Clean commercial, honestly. <laughs> Even the subway tunnels were like Jesus Christ. sparkling. I'm No, Jocelyn, I'm telling you, compared to here in New York City, holy cow, clean, clean. Um, <laughs> I've always been a massive fan of the West End, of course. I think the productions that live there are unlike any other in the world. They're spectacular. That being said, I can remember getting off the plane and driving through the streets in a cab, seeing the theaters for Les Mis, and everybody's talking about Jamie, and it felt so real and so magical. Um, what I really loved, though, about London was finally getting to visit the theater cafe. The lovely barista found out that my group of friends and I loved Bad Out of Hell and personally plugged in her phone to play the album for us while we were there. So that was really sweet. I'm sure she's not listening, but hello. You were so kind. Thank you for that. <laughs> How about you? Or where else have you seen shows? Well, like... <laughs> Okay, I feel like Toronto has to count because a round trip to the city and back for me is a minimum of four hours on public transit. <laughs> and mm -hmm. it's about the same driving, honestly. But um, outside of that technicality, I've been to Kitchener, Windsor, Oshawa, Stratford, so various places in southern Ontario. I also saw a brilliant show in Summerside, Prince Edward Island, when mm -hmm. I was on vacation there. Uh, but the longest distance I have ever traveled to see a show was to New York City. And it was about 12 hours overnight on a Greyhound bus one way. Mm. I did not look pretty afterwards, but it was 100% worth it. That was a really good trip, though, wasn't it? It was. It really was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can remember seeing you that morning. And you're like, I'm so ugly. And I'm like, look at me. It was it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty. But by the time it wasn't great. Okay, by the time Chrissy got there though, I had like 
they didn't let me into my room because even like an early check-in was still like two o'clock and I was there at nine in mm-hmm. the morning. So I went into a public bathroom, mm-hmm. cha- you know, changed my clothes, brushed my teeth, did mm-hmm. my makeup. There are people walking in and out. They were like just staring at me. I still have my huge heavy bag with me. It wasn't a great moment for me. But anyway, once I was at least looking fresh, I I, I was good to go. But it just uh... – and then it started pouring rain. So really there was no point in even trying to fix my appearance because I looked like a drowned rat anyway. Oh, my God. Did it ever rain that day? Actually, there were flash flood warnings for New York. It was crazy, like insane. And we were in um, McGee's Pub, which is like – the How I Met Your Mother McLaren's pub where they got the inspiration from and all that. And the waitress was so kind. There was these two young girls just waiting outside the pub trying to avoid the crazy downpour. And she was like, oh, come inside, sit down, I'll get you some coffee. And it's I was like, oh my god, you know, New Yorkers really are just the kindest, most down-to-earth people. Honestly, I didn't even notice really that. Sweet. I was too busy eating. I won't lie to you. I was starving. Because <sighs> I knew we were going to have a big mm. lunch. So, like, I can't even... Did I have breakfast that day? Or did I just go to... I don't know. I can't... Oh, that's awful. Don't be like me. Um. Yes, eat when you're on a trip because you don't want to get lightheaded and pass out in the heat starving so let's give everyone a little insight into our november and december lineup of cool things that we have planned right so as chrissy mentioned we were lucky enough to be part of the mad ones lab uh, which was a wonderful experience. So once that is up, we will be uh, sharing links to the work that we did, uh, where you can view the entire thing and all the work that has gone into it from creatives from around the world, actually, which is super cool. And we're also going to do a little write-up, the two of us, just about what our experience was working on the lab, entering the world of digital theater, and getting to do a project together, which is really exciting. So be sure to stay tuned on the site. We're going to have all of that coming up within the next few weeks. Yeah, so that's happening November 6th to 9th, and we will link you right up to that. I also want to give a quick shout out to Kate Kerrigan and Brian Laudermilk, who have been spectacular through this whole whole thing. Liz Fisher... Alexis Scott, I'm trying to think of everyone's name who has worked on this. Kelly, there's so many wonderful creatives who put this all together for all of us to create something really magical. So yeah, I'm super excited. Um, Towards mid-November, early December, we are in talks to have a super special guest join us. So we will let you know when all of that is confirmed and when it'll be recorded and released. So we're super excited. And December, we are coming at you with another series of Christmas musicals this time. We have a lineup of Mean Girls, Rent, Elf. We won't give it all away, but we have some really good ones coming up. And so we have come to the end of another episode. 
We really hoped that you enjoyed getting to know a little bit more about us. As always, you can check out our website at breakalegblog.com, our Instagram at breakalegbloggers, and subscribe to our podcast on any streaming platform. A review is always appreciated as well. And as a little gift, we will be releasing soon a discount code for our merchandise so you'll want to get on those stocking stuffers and christmas gifts and whatever you celebrate gifts <laughs> yay as always don't forget to break, break a leg, leg. Bye. bye